This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Our guest today is Susan McAdory. She, along with Ryder and Nancy, have written a book called Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. We'll talk about the knowledge that young investors or any investors need. Uh, while we talk about the book this morning, we're looking for your personal finance questions. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Send an email to money at Uh You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. So good morning. Hope everyone is doing well this morning. Good, good morning. Uh, any excitement from the weekend? Oh, what happened this weekend? I don't know. What it rained doing? a lot. Yeah, my, ha- my house lot. like gets a moat when it floods. Yeah, when it rains. So yeah. ordered a new tennis racket should be arriving in the mail today. Well, and and I'm starting to feel the call of spring as the weather warms up. So you know, I've got to get flowers and I I, I get a little carried away because then I get it home and I realize I have to. Plant, plant everything and I've got to do all this work. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I, I run out of steam. I have a small tree. I got a Japanese persimmon mm-hmm. and I need to get it in the ground, but um gotta dig a hole first. And yeah, it does require that. Haven't uh, gotten around to that. So it's yet. just sitting out there in the yard it is in sitting that there. bucket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well see I had the uh I went on Amazon and got the LED uh, flower from China somewhere. So I Oh really? <laughs> really? That's pretty good, though. It, uh, it, 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 the one I have now is a little bit weather beaten, but they lasted for a good long time, and it's got a little solar charger. So, in the you know, in the day, it charges up and it flashes all different colors all night long. So, I've got the a most flower beautiful flower in the neighborhood. <laughs> that was after I had real flowers, and they didn't do very well. So, I thought, well, this is a lot easier to take care of. So, um, how about financial news in the news? Uh, well, we are just getting into tax refund season, uh, kind of early on into it. The last week was the first. They've kind of, in the past few years, pushed uh, sending out large refunds uh, a little later and later. It's taking longer for people to get their forms in, um, but also as part of their, you know, just security with identity theft, they want to be extra sure they're sending it to the right person. But last week, um, there was about $60 billion of refunds went out. So that's wow. an extra $60 billion. Think of all the used cars that are about to get sold. Um, <laughs> well, we're hoping that with the um, extra you see in your paycheck mm-hmm. with the tax cuts will spur people to start spending. Yeah. Um, we had a few pieces of news that kind of give us a little pause. We saw um, existing home sales, new home sales, and permits taking a big drop last mm. month. Now, that's just one month. And mortgage that interest make a trend. rates have gone up, so yes. it's a little less attractive. So I, we don't know. We're going to be watching to see if that dampens spirits in that area and, uh, and waiting to see what happens with consumer spending. Maybe once people get those big refund checks and then they'll have their down payment ready. 
No, they won't. (laughs) (laughs) They'll buy more junk. So you're listening to Money Talks. If you have a personal finance question, you can give us a call this morning. Also, as we're talking about investment advice, what was the best advice you were given about uh, investing or personal finance when you were a young person? You can call us today uh, at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, joining us today as well is Susan McAdory, who, uh, from what I understand from Nancy, uh, Susan, you were the kind of the driving force behind uh, this book. Well, um, I mean, ever since I've worked at uh, New Perspective for Nancy, um, I've heard that a book was in the works. Um, <laughs> oh, so you I, did? So you I, pushed it, huh? No, I heard it from you guys. So uh, as I worked there, um, I found a lot of material was already available. Um, Nancy's been writing and speaking on television and the radio, of course, for... Uh, uh, just old. just I'm over really 10 years old. on the radio. We just did our 10-year yes. right. anniversary right. episode. Come on. So it's a wealth of uh, material to work with that I had. Um, and then, of course, uh, writers also been writing. Um, so it just came naturally to put it all together into a manual. So uh, help us understand how it got put together. I guess you, as you said, you were, you were kind of the driving force, and you would just use Nancy and Ryder as sort of your, your resource material, I guess. Sure. Uh, I know a couple of years ago, maybe two and a half, Ryder and I started putting on events geared towards younger people um, to try and just get them thinking about investing for their future and uh, personal finance. So at these events, you could ask us any type of question um, you you could think of. And we were trying to think of a name for the group. Um, and when I was driving home on the Natchez Trace one day, it just came to me. I love acronyms. And I thought of uh, Piggy, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And it kind of came naturally into a book to just start with any personal finance questions I had when I graduated high school or was in college that I didn't know how to find the answer to and really wish there was a manual for. Um, So as we wrote the outline, it was basically anything I could think of that I could ever ask. I just look in Nancy's uh, wealth of material to find the answer and ask Ryder if I couldn't find it to write it out for me. And then I'd compile it all into um, to make it sound like it came from one voice. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't take this the wrong way, but based on the, the cover, you, you all three make very attractive pigs. Well, well yeah, we, yeah. We had a we had a great artist working with us on the cover, a local artist uh, Justin Ransberg. He does some, the, the illustrations like that. Um, I don't. Is it like an animated cartoon yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I, I insisted he make me look a little bit more lighthearted. Um, but um, it was yes, hard Nancy to get. Prov- provided a lot of constructive <laughs> criticism, as we call it. <laughs> when we think of, uh, you know, going back to our childhoods with piggy banks, mm-hmm. and um, that then leads us yeah. into saving. And so, yeah, we we 
said, let's all be pigs on the book. Yeah, the, I think the the title, which, you know, Susan came up with that acronym, really kind of it made it a lot of fun to play with, gave us some ideas about how to how to how to work things. So uh, why do you think there is such a dearth of information uh, aimed at this group, which to me, you know, it makes sense that you would want to get people, young people educated. So as they grow up and in, in the working world and begin to, you know, uh, accumulate wealth, they kind of know what to do. And why why are we missing the mark? Well, I think it's because most people in our business tend to focus on people who already have money. You know, they're going after the the wealth that's already accumulated. And when you first start out, you know, you, you don't have much. Um, but I thought it was a great idea because Ryder and Susan, of course, they're in that age range. And they could really speak to this group and start working with young people, helping them with their company retirement plans, helping them learn how to save and grow growing with them as they grow their assets. Yeah, because um, kind of the way I always put it is, you know, it's great to work with clients who already have a ton of money. But if if you don't start getting in the habits when you're young, you're not going to ever be one of those people. Uh, so so that's why it's important to start with young people. But I mean, that's always an issue. I mean, you know, we talk about financial literacy education. There's just not a lot of it there. Why that is, I I know. know. And you think about now with, uh, you know, Kevin, you and I have talked about uh, how great it is that you have a pension. Well, pensions are dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. We don't have those any longer. They're very rare. And so for young people who start out, as soon as they sign up for that first job, it's important that they start saving for retirement. And most people don't have the tools to do that. They don't know what a 401k is. They don't know how to save. They don't know how to choose investments within that. So this is a good approach. We've got a couple of phone calls on the line, so let's open things up first by going to Gary in South Haven. Good morning, Gary. You're on the air. Hi, good morning to you. Thanks for taking the call. Sure, go ahead. Um, uh, I, was, I was listening, and I think you've already answered it, but uh, my son, uh, as his mother and I, just try and stay attuned to where his talents seem to lie. He's a junior in high school. He's very interested in investing in stocks, and, and he's expressed an interest in going into uh, the business curriculum at a university. I was wondering if your book is written in a manner in which a high school junior uh, would find value and edification. Is it something that would be appropriate for him since he has an interest in that topic? Um, absolutely. I mean, part of part of what we did was try to make it very accessible. I mean, sometimes if I got into the weeds on something, Susan would just be like, you know, kind of write this in a way that people are going to be able to yeah, read. Yeah, writer likes to get into um, <laughs> So, So it is written so that, um, you know, a high school or a college student could easily access it. As far as getting into business, however, I mean, this, this book is more about how to get yourself into good financial habits. So it covers all sorts of financial topics. As far as you know, if someone is interested in a business curriculum, interested in, you know, entering the industry, um, this isn't, you know, not exactly that, oh, yeah. but absolutely, you know, s- still, you know, this gives him exposure to the basic topics, uh, which is a great start in a very accessible way, um, because those will all be things he needs to know about entering a business curriculum and entering, you know, a career at some point. And I will and that's say, what we were hoping for, yes. yeah, um, uh, Susan uh, did a great job. She's quite a writer of pulling this all together and making it feel like uh, someone is just talking to you in a conversation, telling you a story, and then suddenly you are given all this great information. So it's an easy read. 
All right, Gary, thanks for, your, thanks for your call. You know, and I think that's important because money is something we all get worried about, nervous about, because that's how we survive. That's how we pay our rent. That's how we buy food and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times people are scared off when they get into something, and if it's full of jargon or complicated concepts that, they, that you know, take too long to digest or whatever, they, that might scare them off. So to me, it's a, it's a great approach to just be plain and simple so that you can understand it, and then you begin to get rid of those irrational fears, and then you can really begin to start investing and really set yourself up well. Uh, Let's take one quick break. When we get back, Jim from Brandon has uh, his example of the best advice that he got, financially speaking. We've got some open phone lines ready for your personal finance questions. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're visiting with their office mate, Susan McAdory. She, along with Ryder and Nancy, have written a book called Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. So we're talking about some of the information in the book. We're also looking for your personal finance questions, and we asked for the best investing advice or personal finance advice you were given when you were a young person. Give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Jim is on the line from Brandon. Uh, Jim, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, you know, earlier you were talking about finding uh, information for people as to the uh, most important piece of advice they got and so forth. And I think the most important piece of advice I ever got, uh, I guess it's kind of a general thing, but it's to start investing. Start now. Don't wait. There's no such thing as too little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and get started. You'll never, ever regret it. Mm-hmm. I don't know a single person that's put one penny into investments that wishes they they had not done that other than making poor investment decisions you know but read study think but number one start start doing something it's never too late to start i didn't have a penny save until i was 41 or 42 years old <laughs> and but i've got it now it's not good as i do but start that's the number one thing all right, uh, Jim, thanks for your call. That's a, a good advice, and that's something that we've talked about on the show. But uh, when something is new to you, uh, the best way to, to get more comfortable with it is, is to just to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I mean, like I said, you know, it's a, it's a habit to get into. Um, obviously, you know, 
the the first ten dollars that you save out of your paycheck is not what's going to like ride you through retirement. Um, it's you know it's going to be more than ten dollars in retirement, but it's not going to be what sustains you. Um, but if you don't start with that ten dollars, you know when are you going to start? Are you going to start next year? Well, okay. Are you going to start the year after that? Um, so it's about getting into that habit and continuing that uh, throughout your working career. And it's very common for us to see people when they hit their 40s suddenly realize, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have to retire. So it's just like Jim mentioned, waiting till yeah. 40 or 41 to get started. Well, that means we're going to have to double down. We're going to have to get you to save more. You're going to have to be more aggressive in your investment choices versus if we can get you started at 22 with that first job out of college or even younger, whatever your first job is, then um, it's a whole lot easier to accumulate and get you where you want to go. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking today about the book uh, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. It's written by uh, the folks from New Perspective, Susan McAdory, uh, Ryder Taff, and uh, Nancy Lotridge-Anderson. It's about investing, pri- aimed primarily at young people, but just some good journal advice well, for... or people who are young into investing New and investors. Okay. New investors. Okay, very good. That's a good yes. way to put it. Young, young at heart, and young in the bank account. <laughs> Give us a call if you'd like to uh, ask a personal finance question, or as I said, we're looking for your best piece of advice when you were a young person in terms of investing or personal finance. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Crystal's on the line from Oxford. Go ahead, Crystal. You're on the air. Yes, I just wanted to share an experience I had when I was a kid, probably about 11 or 12. Um, This was pre-internet, and my dad had some stocks and bonds. And when I was uh, about that age, he started having me sit down every month and go with him through the newspaper to see how much Mm. his portfolio was worth. And we'd sit there and do all the calculations together. And I thought that was, uh, in retrospect, really formative in terms of my awareness of financial matters. Mm-hmm. I think that's very good. And I, I don't want to sound like a, a very old person saying, oh, what we've lost. Um, but what we've lost here is that is that when you do it like that, when you go through the newspaper and you look at every single thing and you add it up and you do the calculations, you really understand a lot more what's going on in your portfolio because you see all those different things interacting. And that's what a portfolio is. It's not just this is a thing that goes up and down. It is all of these different stocks interacting in different ways and you can see oh look you know these didn't do well but these did do well or both of these did well and therefore I did well um, you know so that that's you know you you learn to understand it a lot more deeply when you do it like that and that's an awesome thing that um, your dad did with you yeah. and I, I think that you know it just really was you know, having uh, parents involved in understanding um, of the finances I think was was just uh, something you couldn't replace so all right Thanks for calling, Crystal. Good to hear from you this morning. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking today about the book, Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Uh, One of the first things in the book are suggestions on how to look for a financial advisor. Now, obviously, we don't want to spill all the secrets of the book, but give folks a taste for that sort of thing. What, What are some of the suggestions, Susan? Well, the chapter outline actually is uh, 15 action points. So that's how I outlined which, it. Which chapter number are we? Well, all of the <laughs> chapter outline. So, uh, you know, the advice in the book, of course, you want to figure out, number one, 
who should you take advice from? And so we outline, of course, first of all, what qualifications to look for, how to vet an advisor, um, how to tell good advice from bad. And, you know, advisors get paid differently, and it doesn't make them uh, good or bad based on how they get paid. But you do need to understand how... Um, they're compensated and what motivates them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very important. And you want to know how to look up that advisor's uh, work history. Have they ever had any complaints against them? It's very, very important. You can do that online at FINRA on Broker Check, and I encourage everyone to do that and figure out whether or not anybody's ever filed a complaint because that's a huge red flag. And you want to know, do they have a degree? Because you're not required to in this industry. Um so these are these are things that I think people don't necessarily know about the industry, and I didn't know when I first began, and I was shocked that you didn't need these things. So that's just chapter one is figuring that out, and the rest is, of course, still more action points. Um, but like chapter two is you know figuring out your values and how to create goals because I think that is truly what drives any um, money decision. If you don't understand your values and that's how you're spending your money, you can go through your budget and just go through your checkbook and see where your money is going and you'll understand actually, you may think you're valuing something else, but where your money goes and your time goes um, honestly shows who you are as a person and uh, what you think is important. And if you can really look at it under a microscope like that, you have the ability to change your behavior. And the younger you start, the better. So that's just chapter two. (laughs) (laughs) two. Uh, One thing, when we talked about looking for a financial advisor, does there need to be some sort of personal connection? I know that because, again, this is real private information. People are very Mm -hmm. guarded about their financial situation. It's got to be someone that you're willing to say, hey, I went out and spent, you know, $3,000 on shoes the other day or something. So, uh, Well, I, you know, I think that with the Internet, um, it's very easy to get a feel for people. And number one, of course, you want to check them out first and their work history. But you can see um, a lot of times columns they've written or if they're on a radio program. You can hear from them and you can really get a feel for them. So you may not know an advisor personally, um, but there's a good way to go out and look for them, uh, find somebody. And you don't necessarily have to live in the same state as an advisor because a lot of things can be done online now, even through video conferencing. As long as that person communicates with you in the style that you like and is Proactive. If you can't get your advisor on the phone or can't, e- if they don't return your calls, that's probably not somebody that you're going to be comfortable working with because you want to know that they're there for you when you need them. So it's un- important to have somebody who's can communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Well, and you need to be able to be comfortable enough to answer those very intimate questions because um, an advisor who's doing their job will ask you things like. How much do you make? And, you know, what's in your retirement account? And how much are you saving? And uh, what kind of debt do you have? And as advisors, we're very comfortable asking those questions because that's the information we need to help somebody develop a plan. So you need to be able to just just lay it all out there and trust somebody enough. And, of Mm -hmm. course, in our business, it's very important 
that every piece of information we get remains private. Um, our our business depends on us keeping our mouth shut, and so um, you need to be assured that that person will keep your information confidential. Mm-hmm. And I think from the, the client's point of view, you need to be comfortable because, again, uh, when if you meet with a financial advisor and they're asking you all this personal financial information and you are not comfortable and you don't share everything, well, then the whole process gets off track mm-hmm. because you folks need to know the, the nitty gritty, as it were. Yep. We, we, need, we need as much complete information about your financial life to be able to give good advice because if you have a huge thing that you're just not telling us about, you know, we can't plan for it, and the, the plan that we make for you is, is not going to work out. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're visiting today with Susan McAdory from a New Perspective. She's the driving force behind Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. That's the book we've been talking about. But we're also looking for your personal finance questions. The phone call, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 We'll be back with more of the program after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Also from New Perspectives, joining us on the show this morning is Susan McAdory. Susan, Ryder, and Nancy collaborated on the book called Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And the plan it, because Susan loves this playing with words, is not planet as in the earth, but as in P-L-A-N-dash-I-T. You need to plan for saving and investing. Plan for it. Plan for it. All of it. So we do have some open phone lines, again, if you have a personal finance question. Or we've been asking what the best piece of advice in terms of investing or personal finance you got when you were a young person. Again, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. One of the other topics uh, that's discussed in the book, I thought we could talk a little bit about this, is the idea of good debt and bad debt. Uh, what is the difference uh, between the two? Um, so kind of top level, well, it's kind of cut to the chase. Good debt is things like mortgages. Um, you know, I guess you could consider auto loans good debt and um, student loans when you're not just pursuing degrees for laughs. Um, so those are good debt. Those are That's generally uh, low interest. Uh, they have good terms on them is one thing. They have good terms on them and you are using them to buy something which will benefit you financially in the future. For instance, when you're buying a house, you are locking in your housing 
housing costs for the next until you move. Um, So that is a good financial thing. Uh, With a student loan, you are buying yourself an education, which hopefully leads to a higher income. So that is you are buying something good. Um, Cars, I mean, you got to have them. You know, don't. Because you got to have to. Right. You got to get to work. You got to. This is America. We drive. That's how it works. Um, You know, obviously don't get a ton of stuff. Um, Bad debt is things like credit card debt, um, you know, that indicates, you know, yes, you're buying things that you need when you buy food and clothes, but it indicates as well, if you're carrying a balance and that balance is building, or it's just a large balance that you've spent too much, you've spent beyond your means. So that's a bad thing. One, it's a bad thing that you've spent money on. And two, it's, they have very bad terms. Uh, credit card debt is very expensive, super high interest rates can be 15 to 25 or more. Um, they can be variable rates. They have tons of fees. So, you know, if you overspend by $1,000, I mean, that could end up, you know, over the course of a year costing you an extra $250. Bucks. Um, and and that's that's a huge premium to pay over just like when you were just trying to go to the grocery store. So, so there's, yeah, the two elements are the terms of the debt, um, you know, low fixed rates, long, uh, long terms are good, and... Uh, there's there's the aspect of what you are paying for, where something which you could kind of consider an investment, a good financial uh, expenditure as a good thing. All right. We've got another caller on the line, so let's invite uh, Nelson into the program. Good morning, Nelson. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, good morning. I like your show. Um, when I was about 20 or 21 and just got out of Ole Miss, um, well, luckily I didn't, my, you know, we pay, uh, got all that paid and uh, my education. But uh, anyway, my dad uh, told me, he said, always pay yourself first. He said, when you get your first check, to take so much out, you know, and put it in savings. So I was making about $350 a month as a teacher in Mississippi. And uh, so I would take $50 out every month and put it in savings. And uh, then later, uh, I, when, about 20 years later, I started buying stock. But uh, his advice always stayed with me because he said always pay yourself first and take some out, you know, for yourself and put it in savings. And so I thought this was very good advice, and I have uh, advised my uh, sons to do that also. All right, uh, Nelson, thanks for the call. Great advice. It's something that we have used that exact phrase on this very yes. show. Um, and I usually tell people, try to live on 80% of your income and take 10% and pay yourself first. And the other 10%, do something wonderful, something generous, something charitable with it. Um, because I do think it's important, back to what your values are, that you understand it's not all about you. I would like to point out, not only did um, our friend Nelson pay himself first, but he also paid him uh, himself about 15% of his money. He said he went into savings. That's right. 50 bucks out of every 350. I mean, that's that's a great amount to start on. That's usually kind of when people are saying, uh, what do you need to be personally saving up for retirement? Uh, if you get started, you know, in your 20s or early 30s, about 15% is right for most income levels. Um, and and, and he he hit it from the get go, and it's uh, one thing to point out is it's easier to start if you haven't gotten a paycheck yet, and you are withholding fifteen percent out of that first paycheck. It doesn't make a difference to you if you still been, have more money, right? Yeah. It's more money than you had the last week. If you've been rocking along at five percent for a couple of years, and then you try to raise it to fifteen. 
you're going to notice that. Um, so just get you know get started with as much as you think you can bear. You can always adjust it down later. And I'll say, uh, as someone who came late to the party, I, I, got, I think I'm on the right track in terms of my personal finance. But for a long time, I'll admit that I was not the best manager of personal finance. And to me, once you get into some of these habits, especially savings, and just look after six months or a year at a savings account, it's it to me, it's a good feeling because it's you're doing that, you're mm-hmm. building up, and it it kind of, especially if you can maybe do it uh, bef- uh, with a bank withdrawal, you know, uh, before you you um, an automatic thing every mm-hmm. month. It, it almost builds up silently, and then when you look and see how much money you have there, it really is a good feeling, and it gives you a little bit more sense of security, knowing that if the the car trouble or something comes along, you're not completely, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for that sort of thing? Right. You don't panic, and then that also means you don't pull out that credit card and you get into that cycle. Uh, one of the other things I think that's uh, mentioned in the book that people are concerned about, and that is uh, protecting uh, your financial identity, your your identity information uh, when you're online and when you're dealing with uh, with finance. Um, Susan, what what does the book say about that? Well, of course, you don't want to share your passwords. That's always good advice. Um, we greatly encourage people to check your credit report. Um, at least annually. Um, Nowadays, you can get this online. Um, Just mark the calendar. You can even set it up to get them on four-month schedules, one from each agency. Um, They're free. And just look at it and make sure nobody's opening accounts in your name. Uh, Make sure you're making your payments on time. And, you know, try not to carry large amounts of debt, particularly on credit cards, as Ryder said, because it's very expensive. Um, well, Susan uh, actually manages this in our office, and so our clients can choose to get these credit reports because we have all of their information as it is, and so um, we can use that to send the information to them, and we just encourage them to take a look, especially at the newest information on that report to see mm-hmm. if anything is popping up that might be a problem because the sooner you catch it the easier it is to get it undone yeah so monitoring your credit is an important one in case someone's stolen your identity but um you know for all of your accounts that you have you know just looking over your statements once a month saying is anything unusual um or even you know if you if you don't want to dive that deeply into it you should have a pretty good idea of how much money you spend every month and if you look at your bank account and you're like, that's unusually low um, or that's an unusual amount of activity, um, then dig a little deeper into it. Um, if or you, you don't could wanna... be like me and I had a problem with my credit card about a month ago. And so I had to swap out to a new number and then I set up my alerts mm-hmm. so that every time there was a, um, a charge that came through, it would alert me. So now I'm looking at these alerts and I'm, I'm incensed. <laughs> I don't know this. what this is. I don't recognize this. I'm calling. I'm content. It. Who is this well, energy charging me yeah. $32 for? It's, it's like, um, you know, Netflix, Acorn TV, uh, Showtime, um, you know, uh, all of these little monthly charges that add up. And yeah. now I'm more attentive to that. Yeah, I know. Every time I swipe my card, I feel a little buzz because I know that's that's the charge going through. So, well, And I think that's a great, the alert system is a great way to figure out 
whether or not you really need all of those subscriptions. That's a good point. Um, not saying hey, that those no, aren't no, great ones. No judgment zone. Oh, no wow. judgment. I have Netflix. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to catch up with Doc Martin, you know? Well, one, of, Homeland. Well, one of them, I mean, I noticed recently I had signed up for a trial of... Uh, certain premiere level of Adobe and you mm. know I didn't use it after two months and I thought okay cancel this so each time you get you see it you yeah know, that's a great point it's kind of like the gym membership well and those, subs- cancel it if yeah, you're not those using subscription it. things um, they get us with these free trials I'm a sucker for those by the way mm. um, and once you put your information in then they count on us kind of falling asleep at the mm-hmm. will and letting those come through and again I think I, I like Susan's approach of when you see the alert really ask yourself the question, am I getting value for this? Right. Yeah, there are a lot of auto-renewal things, especially when you sign up for something online, and you always think to yourself, oh, well, I'll just cancel that by the end of the 30 days, the 60 days, or whatever, but invariably... You don't, and then, you Well, know. I'm getting better at, um, because I can set an alert on my phone, and uh, when that time runs out, that pops up, and then that nudges me to cancel or let it go. We've got another caller on the line. Let's say good morning to Bob in Memphis. Good morning, Bob. Go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Uh, well, I'm 70 years old, so my parents came out of the uh, Depression era, mm. and one thing my dad always said was... Uh, don't uh, buy anything unless you can pay for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you're buying something that you don't necessarily have to have, it's better to be able to pay for it. I know it's not the American way now, but <laughs> that, that worked pretty good for me. Another thing that we always did, when we, we were living on whatever we were making, if we got a raise, we would tuck that raise, put, start putting it in a savings or uh, absolutely RA or something and uh, every year we do that we were used to living on a certain amount of money so mm-hmm. we were able to uh, to do that and so now I'm 70 <laughs> still working but uh, I've got enough nest egg to, to get by on so Mm-hmm. That part has worked for me, so I just thought I'd pass that along. Great right. advice. Thanks, Bob, yeah. for the call. That you know, it's it's interesting that we're hearing a lot of some of the stuff that we talk about on here. So there is this advice out there, and it's it's good, uh, but it's always good to to kind of remind ourselves of some of some of these basic uh, things. And I want to point out about what he said about every time you get a raise or every time you get a bonus, go ahead and you know sock some of that away. Um, there's I mean, some people have a kind of name for it. Name I kind of like for it is the Save More Tomorrow Plan. Because, uh, you know, sometimes it can be hard to start out, you know, saving 15, 20 percent of your paycheck, um, especially if you're not making that much. Um, but just every time you get a raise, uh, which, you know, should kind of keep up with inflation, save a little bit of that, save at least half of that. And what ends up happening is even if you start from a lower level of savings, if you save half of every raise and every bonus, you end up saving a really big chunk of your income, but you've still gotten raises the whole time. So you don't, it doesn't feel the same. And that's a really important thing. Sometimes we just have to trick ourselves into doing things like that. Um, And again, you know, saving, saving money before you see it. 
This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Susan McAdory, one, one of the primary authors of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Uh, she, with uh, Ryder and Nancy, have put this book together, and we've been talking about some of the information contained in the book. Also been looking for your personal finance questions. Uh, let's go ahead and take one final break this hour. The number to call if you'd like to join in today is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We'll be back to wrap up the show after this break. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Susan McAdory. She works with New, at New Perspectives as well and is the driving force behind the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. And again, I'm, I think I'm creating some office strife here when I keep calling her the primary force. But No, it's okay. true. She, right. she pulled it all together. Yeah. I mean, we, um, we supplied some words. But she pulled it all she together. She really did. And by the way, um, Susan is uh, working on her CFP designation, her certified financial planner, um, because she wants to also work with these young folks. All right. Uh, let's uh, do an email, and then we've got some calls to get to. Uh, this says, recently I inherited some money from a relative that had passed away. After paying off some high-interest debt, I have approximately $50,000 that's pretty much just sitting in a checking account. I intend to use the money as sort of a last resort emergency fund, so I'd like to be uh, more liquid than a CD, and I'd like to put it in something that earns a better interest rate than what I'm being offered by banks and credit unions for a savings account. I'm curious if I should put it into some sort of low-fee, date-targeted mutual fund like the ones offered by Vanguard. Any suggestions? Well, I think I would split this money, and I'm not sure how old this person is. Um, I would say if they've had some high-interest debt, that maybe they don't have any kind of emergency savings account. So maybe take about 10000 of that and just put it into a good money market account. Uh, shop around to see one that's earning, you know, one to two percent uh, is what you're going to be looking for and one that will see their interest rates increase as rates overall increase. The remaining amount needs to be invested a little bit longer term. So I would say to this person, ask 
if you qualify for a Roth IRA. And so take part of that money and put it into a Roth IRA. And with all of the remaining portion outside of the 10000 longer term, they can look to Vanguard, a target retirement uh fund would be fine, but you might want to just use one of their index funds. They have a 500 index fund that tracks the S&P 500. So it depends on the age of this person and what their goals are, but it doesn't all have to be in one type of an account. All right. Yeah, one, one thing, people always say, oh, I want something a little higher earning than a savings. But look, if you need some emergency savings... It's it is it, it is not attractive to have it in a bank. You are you are gonna hate it every time you see. You only got two cents of interest. But it is important. It's very important to have that cash on hand because that cash on hand is more valuable than just the interest rate that it is earning or not earning. It it, it represents security. It represents if something happens to you, you have that money. It is right there. It will be there for sure. Um, so it's not attractive, but sometimes we have to do things like that. Uh, just a quick story that I learned that the the hard way. I once. Um, on my online banking, instead of a $250 payment, uh, authored, authorized a $2,500 payment. Uh, and so all of a sudden I got a notice from my bank saying, and at that time I had overdraft protection, and they said, hey, you've blown through all of this. Well, I was able to go to my emergency fund, temporarily take the money out of that to sort of reinstall my bank account. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, also, I was able to call the uh, the creditor that I had debited the money to and said, whoops, I didn't mean that. I only meant one-tenth of that. And they uh, refunded the other money to me. So it worked out well. But again, what your point was good is that you need mm-hmm. sometimes to have yep. cash on hand and not, oh, I need to convert this or let me right. do that. It's good to have it uh, readily available. Yeah. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, we start again in Jackson. Maggie's on the line. Good morning, Maggie. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Um, I wanted to ask if you're living from paycheck, paycheck to paycheck and you work in a job, there's no such thing as bonus and mm-hmm. you haven't gotten a raise in the last four or five years. Um, how would you manage to save? Thank you. I'll get off the line and let you ask. Well, okay. I, I'm going to say to Maggie, it is tough. And I run into these people all the time that are managing to do it on very small incomes and who are in very tight situations. And I think I'm going to go back to what our first caller said is you need to start. And you can start with something as small as can I find $5 extra a month? Um, or a week. Mm -hmm. And can I do that by um, changing how much I eat out or uh, the type of coffee that I buy or any small little thing? And if it's $5 a week, can I take that and just put it in my jar, in my piggy bank, Mm -hmm. and start to work my way up? And once you start doing that and you see how it works, it's really a great feeling to know it's there. And then I hope that this person is also... Um, has access to some sort of retirement plan at work. A lot of people don't um, and is participating there. If she does not, I would say she also needs to look at developing her own through an individual retirement account, an IRA. Yeah. So what I would also say with your, you know, when you're just getting started, your first priority is going to be building emergency savings. I mean, that's I mean, that's the first thing we ask anybody when they're like, okay, I have this account, this account, this account. We're like, What's your emergency savings? Step one, get your emergency savings down. Uh, Have a bank account that you can draw on if you spend too much in a month. Um, So so that's good for someone who is living to paycheck to paycheck. You don't don't focus on building up this big account for, you know, the long run. You're trying to be a millionaire. 
there. Don't just think about again a few dollars every month. Set a set a target. Be like in uh, by the end of you know whatever month, I want to have a hundred dollars saved. Then I want to have a thousand dollars saved. And once you kind of got there, you're in the habit now. Um, that's very helpful. Another thing, um, you know, finding small amounts of money in your budget is important. But also look at your biggest expenses. Uh, your biggest expenses are going to be housing, probably your car, maybe um, uh, possi- possibly food, just depending on what your budget is like. And when you, and I know you can't just move to a cheaper house just straight away. Um, but look and see if that's an area where you can save some money. Because someone's spending, you know, five hundred bucks on rent. You know, if they save, you know. 50, you know, 10% of that, you know, by moving to a less expensive place, maybe moving to a place with a roommate or something, then, uh, you know, 50 bucks, that's 10% of what they were paying before. And that's, that can be significant savings right there. All right. Got a couple calls to get to. Let's uh, go to Chris in Brookhaven. Chris, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hey, I was just calling to say that I'm a millennial who's learning how to save. And one way I found to be more beneficial to me was to start an account in a neighboring state. And I don't have a debit card or (laughs) or anything associated with it. So Mm -hmm. if I absolutely need that money, I have to go to that neighboring state to get it. Oh, I love that. And that's just in one way that helps me. Um, I have a certain amount coming out of a checking, out um, out of my check twice a month, and it goes to that account. And I get a bank statement for it, but like I said, if I need that money, I have to I have to make arrangements to get to that state to get it. That's, I don't know if that helps anybody else. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's extreme. No, I, I so bet he has to cross the river, don't you I think? I was going to say, so that's really similar. You know, a lot of times we're like, uh, for your savings, you know, get an online savings account that is, you know, it, it, because it makes it a little harder to reach. It's 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 a little harder to get to. you got to do a little extra work. But um, but Chris has actually put up physical barriers that's in between himself and his bank account, and that's that's really living the life right there. And I, I did that on the small scale. I, I did pick a, uh, the credit union that was a little bit away from mm-hmm. where I normally – and it's a similar thing. It's like it, it just keep it away. So out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Let's get our final call in the hour, and it goes to Pat calling in from Spruce Pine, Alabama. Good morning, Pat. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I wanted to make a comment about the best advice I ever got. Ooh. And um, it was when I, I became a Christian and realized uh, that uh, I needed to start tithing and that the rest of the money I needed to be a good steward of it. And uh, that really made me uh, conscious of my finances. And, then, and the next thing was I was fortunate enough at my first job that I was offered um, a 401k, mm-hmm. and they offered to uh, match my money. And that was a no-brainer. And that was the best thing I ever did was to take advantage of that. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Pat. Pat, good call. That's great. I mean, those, both of those things are great advice. Be a good steward of your own money. And also, I mean, the tithing, the, you know, giving but to charity. it's not all about you. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's really important. And, and, you know, part of it, you know, we kind of touched on talking about your values and things. But, you know, we all have something we care about. And getting involved in that and, and using some of your money towards that gives you a little more more ownership of that and 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 also again you know if you're if you know like i have to tithe you're getting in that habit you can apply that habit to other areas too all right so the book is piggy planet prudent investors get going young and it is available 
now. I actually saw a whole box of, uh, of the books in the New Perspectives office yesterday. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash moneytalks. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taff, and Susan McAdory, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.